You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Love of Pages. Thank you for enjoying our extra episode from last week. Mm-hmm. Hope you had fun with it. Um, so this week we are jumping into my pick, and we are doing James Bond, Ian Fleming's Moonraker. Moonraker. But I clearly know the song way too much and might run into copyright infringement issues. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't claim to sing well, so I don't think it's an issue. But that's besides the point. So Moonraker uh, is part of the 007 series. It was originally published in 1955. Oh. Feels like it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and we'll get into this in the discussion, but like even the descriptions of the secretaries (laughs) don't get me wrong. They are bad, but they do Mm -hmm. a better job than a lot of the other versions of James Bond does. Yeah, I did did think there, there were some positives for the time in there. Uh, like th- there was the part where uh, they talk about like, there's one secretary who everyone comes on to, you know, and yeah. eventually if she keeps going the way she's going, she's going to be a spinster. But he, yeah. but the way that they, they talk about her denying anybody is that at the end of it, like she says no, but then she lets them know it's not their fault. Basically, yeah. and I was so torn. <laughs> but at the same time, it was kind of because then the description goes further on. But like, you know, it's it's not fair to the women because like men are the men of the service are, are it's fine to have torrid affairs. But like the women, it's immediately assumed yeah. that they're a security risk. So like it's very imbalanced. Like it's it's no wonder that they don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's very insightful into the reality of the time. Like yeah. <laughs> that's very cognizant of you. Um, which you don't get with some of the other Ian Fleming novels. So <laughs> Listen, if if he writes that many books, at least at a couple points, he's gonna be unintentionally cognizant. Right. At least at least some points has to pick it up. But in any case where was I going with this? I was going uh, so- published in nineteen fifty five. This book is a James Bond book. Yes, thank you. Uh, Publishes a James Bond book. It is, I selected this book because while the themes are very, it's very much a 1955 doomsday kind of issue, some of the same questions that get raised in this particular plot are pretty poignant for current political events Mm. and political concerns thoughts the whole question of double agents in echelons of government very very relevant yeah. to today so that's kind of why i selected it um we'll get into ian fleming as part of the footnote if we manage to get there if not we'll 
do it at a different point. Um, <laughs> we did. I, I just want to point out before we get any further here, we did not get any of that stuff <laughs> in this first part of the book. Yeah, this, yeah. this first part of the book is exclusively like this is James <laughs> Bond at this point in his career, and he's going to play cards. Yep. Yeah. Okay. No, we, cool. We about, <laughs> Moonraker is, I want to say, about halfway through the James Bond series. Mm. Um, I'm trying to remember it's exact numbering but it's about halfway through it it's not not one of the first ones he's pretty well established as a double o um but yes it's he's he's playing cards in this first third of the book so for those of you reading along with us moonraker is broken into three parts monday which is what we read for today's episode Tuesday, Wednesday, which are for next week's episode. And then Thursday, Friday, which is the third week's episode. So James Bond is going to save the world in a work week, like very much nine to five or actually I personally like the 10 to five that he works. (laughs) I want to know how I get that arrangement, but it's fine. fine. So we open Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to interrupt you guys, but uh, you guys do have cocktails for this, yes? Oh, that's I right. We, do. we have cocktails. The only cocktail you can drink. So, yes, we're Hopefully open. I can drink. We're open. <laughs> a vodka martini with a lemon twist. So, interesting. Well, you did a lemon twist. I did oh, a lemon he, twist. He did a lemon twist in the. So, well, the reason I did a lemon twist is actually the true James Bond cocktail is called a Vesper martini. Um, which is six parts vodka, three parts gin, one part vermouth, and then <laughs> a half part. Um, there is a particular liqueur that's got a lemon and then a lemon twist to it. Hmm. Okay, where does this come from? Because everybody knows it's a vodka martini shaken, not so, stirred, and that's it. <laughs> actually, vodka martini is the second most frequently consumed cocktail in the James Bond series. The most frequently consumed alcoholic beverage on in the James Bond series is actually champagne. As yeah. he did in this one. Uh, yeah, that makes that's sense. what he drinks with all the ladies. I, yeah. And then also champagne. When he's gambling too at a gentleman's yeah. club. Gentleman's mm-hmm. club. <laughs> for, for this one, um, I decided to go the James Bond route and I will be having this. I'm going to go ahead and prepare my drink. Uh-oh. All right. There's that on ice um, with a citrus twist. I'm going to shake it. <laughs> shaken. And that is a citrus energy drink. Shaken, <laughs> not stirred. Fantastic. But yeah, no, the, mm. the Vesper Martini is um, originally introduced and is claimed to be created in the Bond series. Um, yeah. And it's a dry martini, one in a deep champagne goblet. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of Kiana Lillet. Shake well until ice cold and then add a large slice of lemon peel. Hmm. Sounds scary. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a very intense, but. James Bond tri- typically drinks the vodka martini with a lemon twist. 
It's at least usually garnished that way. We all learned something here today. And two of us drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just went like how to make a vodka martini and everybody was like, it needs to be with three olives. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> No, granted, okay. I, normally drink, I normally drink a dirty martini, so I'm with you on the olives all the way. Yeah. Did but. I spilled some of my vodka. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you shouldn't do that. But I also don't tend to like, as much as like, I drink vodka, but in my martinis, I prefer gin because vodka and vermouth just taste funny to me. But that's okay. Hmm. They all seem weird to me. Well, I mean, that's fair, Stephen. You don't <laughs> like uh, alcohol. So, you know. <laughs> oh, and I was wrong. So here's here's my corrections. My corrections statement. Moonraker is the third book in the series. Really? He was already supposed to be established in the... like. Th- there's a lot in the beginning of this book that Let's sets him up as being like a desk worker. Right? So... Huh. Yeah, but then again, when I think about it, because there are 21 novels, no, 14 novels. Um, but some of them are extended. Some of them are after, extended, yeah. but let's say 14. And he does the math at the beginning of this book for the required age of retirement to a desk job for a double O. Mm-hmm. And he gives us those calculations at the beginning about how many jobs he's likely to have. Yeah. Um, so he's looking at at least eight tough assignments, probably 16. So that 14 number is pretty close, perhaps even 24. So if he's got that left, it would make sense um, based on the calculations. But so. Oh. It's the third one in the in the series. I'm in very case. surprised over how much I like this drink. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you like the drink. Cheers, uh-huh. everybody. Cheers. 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 Podcast. <laughs> but, so, yes. Elizabeth, you are an established Bond fan. What do Bond fans call themselves? Bondonians? The bond Bondonites. Bondheads. Bond heads. The double O club. Jimmy's. That would be cool. Double O groupies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> groupies fits because I'm pretty sure most James Bond fans are like my father. Yeah. Yeah. And if judging, if, ju- if, if we're supposed to judge by who buys the DVDs um, like six years ago, <laughs> uh, it was almost exclusively like 42 year old men. Yeah, yeah, which pretty on track. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, no, because I grew I I'm a James Bond fan because I grew up on James Bond. Like yep. I don't think there was a week that we did not watch a James Bond movie. For instance, my father is currently going through another James Bond marathon where he's going through all of the movies. Hmm. Um in yeah. order. See, my dad just watches it when, because there's always that one movie channel that just always has a 007 film on. And that's how <laughs> he watches it. And then it'll be the same one the next week and he'll still rewatch it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she's yep. watching them. Yeah. We, my father still does marathons probably at least three to four times a year. 
he'll just rewatch the whole series. So I grew up, I grew up on this stuff. Um, I did make the one attempt at reading a 007 and I read Dr. No, and that was kind of rough to get through. Um, <laughs> so far, this one's been better. I don't know if it's because I'm older and so I'm more cynical and less easily <laughs> offended or <laughs> if this is just better written and maybe both, maybe it's both. I don't know. How'd you guys feel about it so far? Uh, it, this is good. <laughs> I like it. I do like it. I think the problem is, I don't know why I haven't seen Moonraker in forever. And so I'm like, like literally all I remember from Moonraker is Jaws and his cute little Dutch or whatever girlfriend. <laughs> like that's all I could remember. I mean, that's, that's yeah, good. and some of the fight scenes. I and I was like, okay, Baccarat. That's pretty common in all the movies. He's always playing Baccarat, and it's. I gotta say, there's like whenever I watch him play Baccarat, I don't know what the heck's going on. And when I read him describing how to play Baccarat, I still don't know what the crap is going on. <laughs> I'm just like. What is this game? What is a good hand? Am I supposed to understand how this is a good hand? <laughs> I feel like for an extra episode to go with this book, we need to do a Baccarat lesson where we actually attempt to play Baccarat. Oh. That sounds terrifying, though. I, we, we've done a poker night before as a group. I Were, were either of you guys oh. there for this? Yes. Yes. Daniel spilled wine on the poker table. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, and the I, three of us did not play poker. The three of I, us sat at the other table. Oh and- no, no, this this was a this was a later one. I I went to two oh. before, uh, and I cleaned house the first time because <laughs> I don't I don't know how to play like any kind of poker whatsoever. So I was I was like a drunken master to everybody who was there. They couldn't see any of my moves coming <laughs> because you couldn't see. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I I I lived reading this book the same way I played that game that night. I just kept powering through and hoping for the best for everyone involved, <laughs> hoping you'd figure it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Baccarat is is highly technical of a game, but I don't know. I think that's what makes it interesting. Mm. Like the, <laughs> you know, when to me, blackjack. There's definitely strategy to it, but it's not a particularly complex game. Like, Mm -hmm. you're just playing the odds of, okay, I currently have a 17, do I draw another card kind of question. Mm -hmm. Baccarat's got a lot more steps to it, so there's a lot more to track and think about. But For this one, the thing I'm curious about, you guys have both seen the movie for this one. Do they? Does it feel like in the movie for this they go as in depth with things as they do in the book? No, because you just get okay. to watch them play. Yeah, you get to. Okay. Yeah, you just. Oh, so none, none of the 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 mental part. Correct. Okay. You also don't get the, which was actually kind of sort of nice, was a guy very well describing the food he was eating and the clothes that people were wearing. It's like, wow, I like it. <laughs> like, <laughs> These books are definitely written like, here is how you design the set and costuming for making this Here's your acting cues. Here's where everybody should be placed. It's like Cartier's called out in there, I believe, at one point. Um, <laughs> like they go, they're very specific. Don Perignon is in yeah. there. Um, but no, for this one, I have no Big Bond connection whatsoever. 
like at all. I saw as many Bond movies as a kid in the nineties who has who isn't being shown them by their parents would have seen. Exclusively one, basically. Just yeah. Goldeneye. Uh, and I haven't gone back with Daniel Craig either. I I just like Daniel Craig. So for this one, I was at times surprised in a positive way and like, ah, on the money for what, for how this lined up with my thoughts of of Bond. (laughs) I liked the desk worker aspect of it. And he's just like, oh man, I'm just, I'm on my 1500 pounds. That's more than I make in a year. Oh no. You know, I'm going to get this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. That's fair. That's yeah. It's. I do like that the book more than the movie gives you the boring aspects of life. Spy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think, like movies always tell you like being a spy is just constant adventure and constantly like, like, nah, nah, that's like two, maybe three times a year you're off doing those serious things. And the rest of it's like making contacts, pushing paper, shuffling through reading through endless reports trying to glean information mm-hmm. like learning how to take poison out of vodka <laughs> <laughs> learning oh, how to cool. take cards <laughs> one, one thing I, I was i was it made me think of while reading it was i don't know if there was just a drastically different kind of way of looking at any kind of i guess uh what's the word i'm looking for here like the spy work, I guess. Like in, anything like that. Sigan? Espionage? Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, <laughs> like any kind of like espionage or anything like that. Because the way that he describes the stuff is like the double O's get to do this kind of thing, and maybe every once in a while you'll have to kill. You know? Mm-hmm. When now that's pretty much like a that's just gonna happen yeah. in a bond thing. It's just there. Um to the point where it kind of made me wonder why is a like a a double o a double o and it's not just a different kind of soldier at that point fair like, like a seal team would just go in and just do their things <laughs> well, where I feel like, like <laughs> i feel like the difference might be in the fictional world is that anyway it says he has the license to kill which i assume actually means he has jurisdiction over deciding if he can kill or not whereas seals they have to be told by green lighted. The commander in chief mm. they have to be green lighted. But 007 can, he has the ability to look at the situation and decide, no, I need to kill this person. I can't yeah. wait for somebody to green light it. And he has yeah. permission to do that. That's what I I'm saying. That I have no yeah. idea, but that would be my assumption. Operational mm. autonomy. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll take that one. So, but yeah. So you want to <laughs> jump in? Yeah, let's say because we've kind of started with with stuff, but so we open with Bond doing his weekly gun range uh, test, I guess, Mm -hmm. better word. Um, and his desire to beat the machine, (laughs) um, which is just so so nineteen fifties, like that just. To me, that feels like 1950s. Like, no, I have to be able to beat the machine. It's like, okay, I know we haven't gotten to computers yet, but like beating the machine, not a thing. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just not a thing. You're like, you're done. 
stop yeah, that. Yes, it is. It's a thing. What was that folktale? There's folklore. You gotta beat the machine. With the, with the, with the railroad tracks. Oh, hold on. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it seems like we did kind of like take this idea on. It used to be a much bigger thing in stories in general, but now it seems like it's almost settled to a point yeah. where we're like, oh, no, you know, like machines are great, machines are good, <laughs> but it's not a human. A human is diverse. It, it's jazz. Like, it's jazz. <laughs> jazz. <laughs> These aren't spirit fingers. These are spirit fingers. <laughs> spirit fingers for all of those listening. We did. We did. I did make it because I am a child of the '90s, and that's just what happens. Okay, <laughs> just what happens. Um, but in any case, he then travels up to the eighth floor, where nothing is labeled. Because if you are on the eighth floor and you don't work on the eighth floor, you'll just be escorted. <laughs> I did like the snobbery. It was very much like. Nose in the air like the eighth floor. <laughs> but so uh, we get introduced to Lolita. I'm going to butcher her name. Lolila. Param. Somebody help me pronounce this. It's a name, I, but I, as, I, or as Bond calls her. Lil. There we go. Her Lil. <laughs> yeah. Lil. Lolila Ponzaby. 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 Lolia? Lolia? Yeah. All of these sound fine to me. Anyway. <laughs> Who is the double O secretary for the double O team? And we get this lovely discussion about the fact that she's about to become a spinster. <laughs> um, but that she would join the <laughs> army of women who had married a career coach. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was. I was like, the problem being. Yeah, like I like as as opposed to the idea of every other like all, all the men in this situation who have presumably done the same thing. I don't but he does he does get to that point. He gets to the point that, you know, double can't, art can't get married because it would just be like you you don't have that kind of time. It's um, the mistake that Ethan Hawke made. Ethan Hunt, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ethan Hawke, he, they seem to have had a nice, uh, lovely family, lovely daughter. Ethan Hunt, however, in Mission Impossible, made that mistake. He did. He did get married, and it was it was a it was an uh oh. It was an uh oh. Um, <laughs> and then we get the whole discussion of him going through the stack of files on his desk because welcome to Monday mornings anywhere in an office. Um, and basically the fact like they have to go through every report. It sounds like every report that comes through any part of the service, they have to kind of look at at least at a glance to determine if it might be useful in future assassinations. Um, <laughs> so on and so forth. We find out that there are only three double O's, 007, 008, and 0011. 11. I know. That threw me off. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but if there are only three of you, why are you not one, two, and three? Like, why are you seven and or seven, eight, and nine? No, no. We're seven, eight, and 11. Like, what happened to everybody else? Well, seven, eight, nine. So I know that much. <laughs> yeah. Oh. 
But um, <laughs> six skirt. <laughs> so in the movies, nine. It made six scared, as Jessica said. So okay, there's six and there's nine. Where's one through five? And what happened to ten? Well, maybe we find out. We have to. We're gonna have to read all of the James Bond novels to find yeah. out. I'm trying to think of in the movies. There's a 006. There's a 008. I think there's a 009 mentioned. I don't know. There's not really a lot. I don't think there might be more than three. I don't. I'm wondering think so. if it's just there's always only three double O's and they just pick a random number. I don't know. Yeah, they're trying to give the impression of more. It's like like when a frog puffs itself up to be scary. Yeah. yeah. That's the double O program in a nutshell. <laughs> in any case, Bond is the only one currently in the office because double O eleven is lost somewhere in Singapore, which is, you know, oh so great. And then double O eight is recovering in Germany. Which Lil is the one who tells him about that because she heard it through the quote unquote gossip locker that is the women's restroom. And I'm like, well, no shit, because women know what actually is going on, but that's fine. <laughs> it's a whole other thing. Also, Stephen, you have to edit out that last word, bleep it out so that we can stay clean. What word did you say? I don't think you said anything. I did. I said a naughty word. I said a bad word. I didn't hear the oh. word at all. Oh, good. No word existed. No word exists. Um, in any case. Um, I'm sure I've, I already cursed, too. So <laughs> pretty sure I already did anyway. <laughs> and we can't label this podcast clean. Come on, guys. Come on. We're reading Moonraker. <laughs> I mean, somebody just has to remember that this episode isn't clean. So that, that way, when Mitch asks me, I can go. Uh, oh, no, I'll take I'll take your word out. Don't you worry. I was trying to say, like. Like, what word? <laughs> there is no word. <laughs> anyway. Don't worry. That, that whole part will go away. You can, re- like, resume as, as normal. <laughs> That's good. So, in any case, so, yeah. So, there's... Everybody hears through the grapevine of the women's locker or the women's restroom. So, Lil is the one to tell Bond that his peer is safe in Germany. Recovering. Which is nice. Something. Uh, but while Bond is sitting at the desk, there are three phones, a white, a gray, and a red. And the red one starts ringing because, you know, that's the way this works. That's the way it always works. And it's M on the other side. Well, it's not M. It's M's chief of staff asking Bond to come up. So Bond goes to the ninth floor. Even less labels up there. Even less labels up there. Well, there's only one office up there. There is <laughs> a room of personnel. The part that confuses me is why he takes the lift. Like, why take an elevator when you're going exactly one floor? Maybe that's the only access? Uh- Except then it wouldn't be up to fire code. Oh, no. No, there would still be access to a fire exit from that floor, but you don't need the access to be 
Like, it might be the guarded access. Like, it might just be, you take the lift when you go to see M. You don't take the shady-ass fire escape. <laughs> I mean, would fire code even exist in a massive way at this point? I mean, we're, we're barely talking about, wait, like, seatbelt time, guys. That would have been because of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. Which happened in the 30s. So, fire, like, having safe exits provided that weren't elevators would have been... Coded. Fire, yeah. Fire codes began in the late 20s, early 30s, because mm-hmm. in the late teens, early 20s, fire insurance became a thing. Ah, okay. No, no. Yes, absolutely. In that case. <laughs> yep. Fire and once you have fire good. insurance, you have building codes for fire safety. Mm-hmm. Because yes. Uh-huh. Insurance companies don't want to pay for yeah. fires and loss of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly, fire insurance was the first form of homeowner's insurance that you could receive. Mm-hmm. Also, around the same time, a lot of fires were happening in which employees were intentionally doing very, very bad things to their employees, naturally. And so that led to a lot of workplace codes, too, and unionization and a bunch of safety yeah. protocols. So, thank you. Yeah. We've got some fire codes, not nowhere near what we've got now, by yeah. any means. But we would definitely have something. In any case, like, why would you take a lift? There's got to be a staircase. Anywho, he goes up to M's office, and we get the first introduction in this book to Money Penny. Um, and he goes in to sit with M, and M's feeling distraught, embarrassed. I'm distraught. <laughs> I'm distraught. <laughs> ask you for an awkward favor. And then you get this weird internal monologue with Bond about how he's going to piece it together because uh, M doesn't like umming and hawing and anding, I'm sure. I can't imagine what he would think of my speech. (laughs) I'm sorry, M. In any case... M finally gets to the point that there is Hugo Drax. He's our bad guy for this book, in case anybody is wondering. This should the not guy be- named Drax is the bad guy? What? 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 Hugo! <laughs> the, the multi-millionaire who's giving out money and building a Moonraker rocket. Moonraker. Like, oh, that sounds like a good guy. Anti-atom bomb deterrent in the 1950s. With his own money, and all he gets out of it is a knighthood, is a good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure Just thing. Just a knighthood. <laughs> Just a knighthood. But sure thing. Sure thing, yeah. Because he started out in fu- co- uh, future commodity trading, mm. building up <laughs> multi-million dollars worth of assets in five years, because that's not shady. As I'll get out um, while in a tax free foreign port. But in any case, M says he cheats at cards and he wants Bond to catch him cheating. So that's what would be so bad on his character if he's caught any other way. (laughs) That was the interesting tiptoe about it was like, this guy's a cheater. I don't know why. And we got to catch him. But like at the same time, we don't want to ruin him. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I understand okay go ahead no go ahead I, was, I understand the idea of not wanting to have this 
like philanthropist kind of figure almost be destroyed in the public eye. But at the same time, I'm also, it, this seems like a very paper thin setup for a thing because he's like, this guy cheats and in no way, shape or form did he just open the exact same damn book that bond did to look up how this guy could be cheating and then figure it out. I I'm confused. It seemed like such an easy thing to figure out out yeah all bond had to do was watch him for like 30 minutes and bond was like Ha-ha. i guess the the part the part the part that might have been hard i guess was the part where you work it in to punish the guy or expose him without exposing him yeah. but i still feel like m is supposed to be smarter than that i think m's problem is m doesn't want to be the one to do it because he doesn't want to bond is a no name Bond's Bond's kind of disposable. You don't want this philanthropist now after the head of your secret service. Yeah, that's true. Oh, nice. And two, it does get set up that Bond has had significant training in cheating at cards and catching cheaters at cards and learning all the tips and tricks. They spent significant money on training him to do that for a previous job. So okay. I think M's like, I could probably figure it out. It's going to take me three times as long. And I potentially piss him off, which potentially ends up with us in a fight with him in, you know, the public newspapers. And we really don't need that. Mm. So you who are unknown and therefore unaffiliated can just sweep in, figure it out, sweep out. Nobody's the wiser. Mm. But this setup is the first three chapters. The next three chapters, the next 40 pages, <laughs> is one game of Baccarat. <laughs> yeah. And a dinner. What? <laughs> and a dinner. And a dinner. It's really yeah. Hard. Yeah. It is a single yeah. evening of Baccarat. <laughs> Ian Fleming trying to tell me that English cooking actually is good. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I believe that English English Indian food very good. English English food. Yeah, <laughs> English food when they're doing other people's cuisines can be good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Like Sorry. no one eats no no one eats a full English. I'm What's just saying. The, um, the British conquered half the world in search of spice. In search of spice and still have food. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <Honestly. laughs> in any case, we have three chapters of Bond eating dinner and playing baccarat, and this and, and was- drug. Too. What? The drug I, yeah. too. With, oh, that's what I would needed to look up was what that drug actually was. <laughs> but in any case. So this was the part where I was like, hmm, this feels oddly familiar. Did anybody else feel in the explanation of Baccarat like we were reading Artemis again? It's somewhere between Artemis and the Martian for sure. Like, it's just so procedural. Like, this is getting so... T- uh, just call it Baccarat. Say he won. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care. And you, you guys said this is not, that's not the way that it goes, or that is, the, the way you're describing right now is the way that it goes in the movie. 
Yes. Mostly because they don't have to explain it to you. They can kind of just show you by having them play. Mm-hmm. So they can kind of cut around, but they don't go over the rules. They don't, you know, explain it in any way. You're just kind of, as the audience member, expected to know what Baccarat is and how to play. Or you don't know and it doesn't matter. Yeah. I fell into the second camp. That's fair. I feel like most people do. Yeah. Um, but in any case. And so in the end of this section, Bond beats Hugo Drax in a game of Baccarat in a very Bond manner. So I feel like every time Bond plays cards, he loses and then he wins. I mean, that's the best way to set someone else up for the things. That's classic all, sharking. All the time. All, well, except half the time he's not sharking. Like half the time he loses the first couple rounds because somebody's drugging him. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't ever intend to lose at all. He intends well, to win all the way through. So but like, <laughs> if, if, if I were Ian Fleming, would I say it's not that he always wins. It's that things always end up with him winning because then he has achieved his goal. Fair. Fair. <laughs> if games went one more time, he might have lost the next one. He never settles for losing. He never there we go. He never <laughs> settles for losing. But okay. so he wins uh fifteen thousand pounds. Oh he's 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 on quarantine diet too? Yep. Hey. <laughs> I definitely gained the COVID-19. I'm not discussing that. It's um, and then our bad guy says, I should spend the money quickly, Commander Bond. Mm-hmm. And I turned away from the table and walked swiftly out of the room. Bye. Like, like, a, like a drama queen that he is. Or I'll correction. Like, drama again. All Bond villains are. Every Bond villain is just drama queen to the nth degree mm-hmm. like now, always <laughs> in, in in the way that they read it in the audiobook because i pretty much exclusively do audiobooks while doing like graphic design and whatnot at the same time yeah. um the the way that the character says these words for this version of it it's like they're spat like yeah. Should yeah. spend the money quickly spend quickly yeah it's like like it like they're um like Mr. like they're Malfoy Senior in this one. <laughs> Maybe it's just a British thing. <laughs> I mean, we're offending everybody in Britain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think so because I know a few British people and most of them aren't, but then again, maybe That's why they got out. They're not sufficiently snooty upper class. I don't know. Mm. I have no idea. But in any case, yes, all Bond villains kind of sound like Lucius Malfoy. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. The drug that Bond put in his, what, champagne? I don't even remember. Is Benzo what? Benzedrine, which is an amphetamine. So it's basically speed. He he took speed. <laughs> okay. That's why the sweats. Yeah, that's, that'd be why. Which I thought it was. I was like, it has to be like speed or something. I was like, oh, there you go. Because <laughs> drug names have changed. And it used to be like that. Where you just like there a new drug came out and you would just boom, take it, whatever. And be like, oh, no, this should probably be illegal. 
That's Here, about right. Let's test it out on some of our spies, and then we'll decide if everybody else can take it. Uh, That's fair. A captive audience. Yeah. Yeah. It was the same thing with LSD in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most drugs. Most drugs had a start seeing how it would work. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is not a good idea. We probably shouldn't have put that in the Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Always put it in the Coca-Cola, but I personally like, so, Steven, I don't think you got, you obviously didn't get it because of the... Uh, no, I don't have this. Oh, uh, yeah. Is a diagram of the cards? Yeah, that was the diagram of the cards. Yeah, that was in the Kindle version too, but it looks interesting. Different. So it's literally, like I said, it's, I feel like it's very much written like, okay, here's, you know, here's your blocking for the movie production. <laughs> here's how everything's going to look. This is what the what food's going to be served. This is how gonna smell here are the facial expressions that need to be, you know, Observe. Or you need to put the sweat on yeah. the people. <laughs> now, for for the later Bond movies, does anyone know if Ian Fleming was kept on as like a consultant where he would be on set or anything by any chance? Don't believe so. Okay, because if that was the case, I feel like we would eventually start getting into the territory of like recent Adam Sandler movies, where he basically <laughs> like writes the plot to decide what vacation he and his friends get to go on with each production. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Is that- <laughs> I, I, I can't knock it. I can't knock it at all. <laughs> no, um, I wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure I pulled up my notes. No, Ian Fleming passed in 1964. Okay, so he he could have been there for at least a couple, but not a whole lot. A couple, but not many. Not mm-hmm. many. Um, so no, he he died August 12, 1964. Okay. So perhaps his family, maybe, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, all right. Well, I guess uh, he's just got such a style that it's relatively easy to mimic. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like I mean, I I like Bond movies. So far, I'm enjoying this book more than I like Doctor No. But Bond stories have very similar plots. You get some twists and turns, but they they're pretty standardized plot. Yeah. Okay. What makes them good action movies? Like it just they kind of follow the formula and move you through. And the differences is in unique characters, side characters. I I, did, I was excited when I went to look up this. Um, I forget exactly what I was looking up at the time. But I did see that Jaws was in here. Yes. Uh, Richard Keel for the movie at the very least. Uh, so I, I was very happy and I'm very curious to see how he's written in the book. That's fair. That's fair. So um, I believe we are past our 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. Point. Yeah. So I'm going to have to do the footnote on Ian Fleming next time around. That's okay. Come back next time. Find out more about Ian Fleming. He is an interesting man. Moonraker. Yes. So, I mean, in worst case scenario, I'll do it when we do the episode about watching the movie. It's fine. Are we doing that? 
We are watching well, the movie. We're watching the movie one way or another. Particularly yeah. since I know that Stephen has not watched it. Yeah. Oh no. Oh my god, I myself in too. <laughs> Possibly watching all of the 007s. <laughs> oh. It'll be fine. I, I'm gonna take up drinking. <laughs> I mean <laughs> you're more than welcome to. You are over the age of twenty one. It is well within your rights as absolutely as an adult. Um, I finally get an over 21 ID. <laughs> Are you still using your vertical ID? Yep, absolutely. I've never, I've never had to get a different one. Look at, I mean, I suppose, but... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I got it, I got it, like, I got it, like, uh, what is it, like, literally one day before I turned 21? And then I've never, I've never gone and done the different one. <laughs> you don't even have to go anywhere. It is twelve dollars. You literally mail them twelve dollars. At some point, I'll have to do Actually, it. At this point, you could probably give them the twelve dollars online. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure. If you need it in Vegas, so yeah, you're okay. gonna have to do it. I, when you that's go the, that's the only thing stopping me. <laughs> when I tried to go to a barcade here, they they said I couldn't go in. So I guess I need one. <laughs> Yeah, You're I was gonna- like, you, you need it, like, you don't need it to, like, some places you need it to get in. Whether or not you choose to drink or not is up to you, but you can't be in the place. Because <laughs> that's they why I have to get mine, was because I was going to do a Vegas trip, and you can't go anywhere in Vegas. So I was like, okay, I'll go get yeah. mine. <laughs> but more about that next time. We'll see if I have right. done that a week from now. <laughs> Spoiler alert, listeners, he will not have done it a week from now. And I are going to have to razz him at least a dozen more times before this gets accomplished. (laughs) Possibly even sit with him at the computer to get it done. It's true. (laughs) That or sick his beautiful and fantastic girlfriend on him. She hasn't gotten me to do it yet. It's been a year. Yes, except most of this year has been in quarantine, so... Yeah. That's true. It's true. <laughs> Don't give me that. <laughs> Don't try and pull that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, but, all right. Until next time, Jessica, where can people find you at to share martini recipes? Uh, you tell me about your favorite martini. I'm on Twitter as J.M. Bailey writes. <laughs> And Stephen, where can people find you to either razz you about not having switched your ID <laughs> and or attempt to convince you to watch more James Bond movies? Um, I am on all social media. And if you want to find out where to find me on all social media, go to my website. It's uh, www.peppermangentleman.com. Thank it's you. It's very pretty. Check out his website. <laughs> <laughs> it is very pretty. And you can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media on our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts can be found on geekelitemedia.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcatcher you use so that other people can find us. And if you are interested in supporting this podcast and the rest of Geek Elite Media, you can join us on our Patreon. We've got some fun things, early releases, and all sorts of cool surveys. Surveys? <laughs> I, I don't know what you, I don't know what they're actually called. Well, you you can help shape our content if you go there. Yeah, that's. There <laughs> I'm like, there's surveys, but like you actually get 
stuff out of <laughs> which is not common. In any case, this is the love of pages reminding you to keep turning those pages and always remember to geek out. <laughs>